Have you ever thought, if only my spouse were just more responsive, more respectful, if they were just tidier, maybe calmer, if they just wanted to spend more time with me, if they just initiated sex more, then I would be so much happier. Do you believe that you would be happier if your partner would actually change? Then would you feel so much better? This is the topic for today's episode. So buckle up. Here we go. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode. We're so grateful that you're here with us today. You know what, if this is your first time joining the show, we just want to take a moment to welcome you and thank you for being here. Thank you, yes. Make sure that while you're here, you go ahead and hit that subscribe button because we drop a new episode every Wednesday and you won't want to miss it. Also, remember if you have a question that you would like to have addressed by us on a podcast, you can now call us and leave your question in a recorded message, which we may select to be played on a future episode. So take your pen out. Here's the number, 801-669-8513. And just as a reminder, you guys, if you're getting value out of these episodes, would you do us a favor and support the show? Whatever platform you're listening on, we just ask for you to please head over, leave us a five-star rating and a written review because it really does help us to reach more couples. So without further ado, let's get into today's topic, which is happiness. Now, I want to start by sharing a little story with you, and I'd like you to notice what comes to mind. And the story is called, I'll be happy when, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Go for it. I'll be happy when I'm eight because I'll have so many friends. And won't it be great when I'm eight? Oh, so great. Yeah. Maybe I'll be happy when I'm a teenager because, you know, teenagers are so cool and they always have so much fun. So So, much freedom. Yeah. So I'll be happy when I'm a teenager. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And then I'll be happy when I'm 16 because I'll be able to drive. I have all the freedom I want and I can do whatever I want when I'm 16. Can't wait till I'm 16. It's going to be awesome. And then maybe I'll be happy when I meet the one. I I meet my soulmate. Can't wait for that. Then I will be truly happy. Or... I'll be happy when I get married because that's when I'll have my soulmate to be with me like every day to lean on. We're going to build a life together. We're going to share everything. And then that'll be be really cool. So grand. Yeah. Then I'll be happy when we make more money because, you know, when we get out from underneath all this debt and we can finally like afford a house. Like that's that's when, that's when I'm going to That's be happy. the moment. Yeah. That's when we'll be happy. You know, I think I'll be happy when I sell this company because this thing's a lot of work and I'm like never home and I feel like I'm on the grind, like just sucking in it. And I just have to push for a couple more years. Then. Sell the company and then, then, then I can be happy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, I think we'll be happy when we retire. That's when it's going to work. We're going to be able to enjoy like the empty nester life. We'll travel all over the world. Maybe get like a second home somewhere warm and sunny. Costa Rica. Costa Rica, maybe. That's when we'll be so very happy. Wow. We can literally spend our entire lives waiting to be happy. And you know, that actually reminds me of an experience that I had maybe 10 years ago. 
So it actually, one of my greatest life lessons came from this trip that I took. And um, it came from this 80-year-old Mayan woman in the jungles of Guatemala. I remember this trip. And I was there in Guatemala with my then 12-year-old daughter. I think she was 12, maybe a little younger. And we were on a humanitarian trip, just the two of us. And just to paint a picture of how remote this was. We flew into Guatemala City, and then from there we had to take either a, a flight or a 10-hour drive to the Polachek Valley. Then it was another two-hour drive up this slippery, wet, narrow mountain road. And then when we finally arrived there, we meet the people. And the people there in the Polachek Valley, they live in what is considered extreme poverty. In this part of the world, uh, an entire family, usually multi-generations, lives in one home, not just one home, one room in one home, because a home is just one room. I saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. And these homes are made of whatever they could find in the jungle. So bamboo walls, a thatched roof if they're lucky, dirt floors, the animals just walk inside and poop inside, the chickens come inside the house, the meals are cooked over an open flame in the house, which causes a lot of respiratory problems for the family. So one day I was there visiting with this family and I had a translator there to help so that we could ask and communicate back and forth. And I found myself struggling to just, what am I going to ask this family? And I was thinking to myself, I just couldn't even conceive how anyone could possibly be happy in these conditions. Because of course I was looking at their life through my filters, through my life and filtering it through all the things that I have that make me happy. And all I was seeing in their life was just struggle and pain and hunger and malnutrition. And I couldn't understand how anyone could even live, let alone be happy in such an impoverished existence. So I decided to ask this 80-year-old grandmother who lived there with her grandchildren and her children in this one-room house, the question that changed my life forever. I asked her, what brings you joy. And she looked at me completely incredulous. And then she gave me an answer that will stay in my heart forever. But before I tell you what she said. Oh man, you're leaving us hanging. I am going to leave you hanging for just a minute. I love this story. Yeah. But I, you have to wait to okay. the end to hear the answer. All right. That she well, gave me. then we want to ask you a serious question and we'd love for you to answer this question. Honestly, have you ever wished your partner would change something because then you would feel better? then you would be happier, more joyful? The truth is that the secret to happiness in your marriage is you. It's me? The secret to experiencing happiness is being a happy person. Oh, I love that. So are you a happy person? Yeah, I try to be a happy person. Oh, most days. You, you are yeah. most days. Sure, of course, we impact one another. As we've talked about this in some other episodes, we impact one another's nervous systems, we impact one another's health, and we co-regulate each other, both for good and for bad. And of course, how our partner behaves certainly has something to do with our personal level of happiness. But, but fundamentally, it has a lot more to do with being happy ourselves. Yes. So case in point, let's switch topics for a minute and let's talk about money and then we'll come back to relationships. Oh, money. All right. There have been several studies conducted trying to figure out how much of our individual happiness is related to our circumstances. Circumstances can be our job, it can be our friends, our income, our belongings, or our status, etc. And one of these studies looked at the possible correlation between financial success and happiness. 
What they discovered was that as the individuals in the research population had an increase in their income, there was zero correlation with their happiness. Therefore, increased income did not equal increased happiness. And then interestingly, there's another study a couple of years later that found exactly the opposite. It found that as people attain more money, they do indeed experience more happiness. So confusing. Yeah, that's weird, right? Which is true. So which of these studies was correct? Well, that was the subject of another group of researchers who decided to look at the data from both of these studies, the one study that showed that money did increase happiness, another study that showed money didn't increase happiness. They looked at both of these studies and considered some different variables. And what they concluded is that happy people become happier with more revenue and unhappy people remain unhappy despite more revenue. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter how much more money you make. You could be adding another half a million dollars a year. If you're not a happy person, it's not going to bring you happiness. Yeah. And what's interesting is this is almost exactly how it works in relationships. Of course, our partner can bring us additional meaning and joy and happiness, especially when you're already a happy person. But when you're not a happy person, your partner isn't going to change that. See, when someone is happy, they take responsibility for their own experience and choose to be happy. And when this happens, the marriage is so much better so for So much better. And when someone doesn't make that choice, it doesn't really matter how their partner behaves. The unhappy person is always going to be unhappy and dissatisfied. So what you're saying is that if a person isn't happy, it doesn't really matter how great their partner treats them. They're still unhappy. Okay. So anecdotally, I've seen this again and again and again in interactions that I've had with couples. And oh, yeah. I could give you so many different like four instances so I'll, we'll, we'll share a couple of examples with you of couples that didn't, that wanted their spouse to change, their spouse changed, they didn't get happier. Okay. So one example was a husband who just really was so unhappy because he perceived his wife as being someone who never acknowledged him, didn't choose him, didn't appreciate him enough, didn't acknowledge the good things that he did for the family. He felt like he didn't matter. He was really bitter and angry and resentful about it. But then one day she decides she's like, she learns and she realized she could appreciate him more. So she starts to acknowledge him. She starts to tell him how much she appreciates him for taking good care of the family. And this, in this instance, as in with many, there's this really interesting phenomenon that happens where he actually didn't feel any better. He got what he thought he always wanted and he didn't feel any happier. In fact, he almost didn't even want to believe her, even though she really was being sincere. Can you yeah. think of another story like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, and, and so we'll do another one. So it could be a wife that has complained for years that her husband lacks this emotional intelligence, right? She's too aggressive. He's too impatient. Um, he stays upset for a really long time. He holds a grudge. And if he would just change these tendencies so she could love and trust him again. But then one day after he works a little bit on himself, he does. And he recognizes that he needs to be calmer and he, and he makes the changes and despite all of his efforts to make changes and to try and be calmer and to pause and listen, his wife doesn't feel any difference towards him. It's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And these are just two examples and we could tell you dozens upon dozens of other dozens. stories. Yep. But what happens in a lot of relationships is that couples get into something called negative sentiment override. And oh, yeah. this is this is really dangerous. It's where negative sentiment kind of clouds or overrides everything. And when this happens, 
individuals are just unhappy and they refuse to see any good that their spouse does. And they even start to retell the past through the same negative filter and put a negative lens on everything. So I think you're beginning to see the point here, which is that unless we're a happy person, no effort that your spouse makes to change is going to make a difference at all in their relationship. Right. So we must be willing to shift internally and take responsibility for our own happiness. Yes, what your partner does, does matter. It, it does, does matter, yeah. right? They do have some level of, a, you know, they do have some effect on on your level of happiness, but you are the only one who can truly fill your own cup. You are the only one who can create lasting peace of mind for yourself. And assuming that we have a partner who is a reasonably good person, we have to take responsibility for our own happiness. This is how we bring our best self, our most joyful, our most happy self to one another and to this relationship. Yeah, that's the hardest part, right? To really try to become your best self. Right? Yeah. And, and if I'm sitting in your shoes right now listening, I might be thinking to myself, okay, how do I show up as a happier person? Yeah. Right? Whether my spouse is showing up the way I want to or not, how can I take it upon myself to be a happier person. Yeah, regardless of what our spouse yeah, is doing. Yeah, regardless of what our spouse is doing. Right. And so this is something I think about a lot for myself personally and also when I'm coaching people. I think about happiness and how can I increase my own happiness? And I sort of have these different categories that I think about it. I think of our body in four parts. We have our spiritual body, our mental body, our emotional body, and our physical body. And so as I'm thinking about increasing my own happiness, I think what can I do in each of these areas almost like a fitness plan. How can I create a fitness plan for each of these parts of myself, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical? And if I'm doing a little something in each of those four areas, even one thing, right? Just one little thing, a much happier person. Yeah. It's the small things, right? And down, down often. Yeah. So how, how could we approach this? Well, first ask yourself, what sort of workout plan if it were, could I create for my spiritual self, for my spiritual body? What can I do that spiritually uplifts me, causes me to feel more happiness? What questions? Do you pray? Maybe you could meditate. Do you talk to God? Do you have some sort of a spiritual practice? This is a deeply personal and unique question for each person. But can you find that one thing that you can do consistently to feed your spiritual body? Yeah. So think about that. What could you do? Spiritually, pick one thing and yeah. maybe one of these suggestions, maybe something you have on your own. This is just meant to get you thinking. Right. Next, ask yourself, what sort of workout plan can I create for my mental body? What kind of mindset work do you like to do? Do you like to read personal development books, listen to podcasts that are uplifting? Do you journal? What sort of mindset work would help you to increase your capacity to have more happiness? Now, I want you to think about this in two ways. I want you to think about it in terms of what could you could do, but maybe also what you don't do. So in terms of mental activities, I, I want you to think, how could I actually give my mental body more rest from time to time? See, our lives are extremely demanding. And because of that, we spend most of our lives in beta wave activities. Um, we actually have five different brain waves, gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta waves. Mm -hmm. Research is showing that being able to control our brain waves can help us to feel better, be more productive, and be more relaxed. One of the greatest things we can do is to get into a regular practice of meditation because it has been shown to increase alpha waves and reduce beta waves in our brain. 
Yeah. And this is why meditation has become all the rage because people are starting to realize the power of meditation, breathing, and things like closed eye visualization to be able to reduce stress because what it's doing is it's increasing alpha brain waves, which does so many great things. Like it helps to boost creativity. It helps. It's like a natural antidepressant because it increases serotonin. So there's a lot of talk in different podcasts and and all over about how do we increase these alpha brain waves and start to reduce because we're always in beta. We're always in beta because we're always going, going, going. More of those alpha waves, especially when we talk about meditation alone, getting more into an alpha wave state actually has been shown to be very helpful when it comes to your cardiorespiratory mm. fitness as well. So being able to lower your stress level, being able to kind of lower all of that fight or flight that you have that we're constantly in when we're into beta waves, if we can get into alpha waves, again, so we're going to do it for our happiness. We're going to do it for our physical body and we're going to do it for our heart as well. Yeah. And so there's a few ways to do it. Meditation is is the number one way people usually get into alpha brain waves. But there's also, if you look around, there's some apps out there now that, that offer this. There's certain sound frequencies, certain tones that you can listen to that actually help to modulate these brain waves to help you get into alpha So you can look through your apps on your phone. You can actually, I think there's some free YouTube videos as well that you can listen to that help you to meditate while listening to these sounds that get you into this alpha state. YouTube is such a great resource for things. Yeah. Okay. Thirdly, what sort of workout plan could I create for my emotional body? I think there are two extremely profound activities that you can do for this emotional body. The first is to simply learn how to check in with yourself and actually notice what you are feeling. So many of us are disassociated all the time. Yeah. We are numb to our emotions. And it, it is a profound practice to just take a breath and notice what you're feeling. Allow yourself to feel and observe it for just a moment. Whatever it is, experience, experience it. And then ask yourself, what is there for me to learn from this emotion, from this feeling? Yeah, such a good practice to do. It just even 30 seconds a day. You know, one of the exercises sometimes I'll give clients is, you know, you're just sitting there washing your hands anyway. Just go ahead and feel the bubbles on your fingers and just be totally present in the moment. Just feel whatever you feel because you're right. People are so much more dissociated and numbed out than they ever have been. And our emotions are our GPS, right? They're our teachers. And so there's something to re- that can be revealed to us almost every time we stop and we're present and we take a minute to just observe whatever it is that we're feeling. And instead of what most of us are doing, which is, you know, what can I do to distract myself from feeling? How can I eat more, scroll more, shop more, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing that avoids, keeps me in avoidance of of whatever it is that I'm feeling. So actually, because I use this a lot and with a lot of my clients, I've made a meditation that I'm going to share with you guys to just help you become more self-aware of what you're feeling, because I know so many of us don't do that. And I'm going to link to that meditation in the show notes. Another extremely profound practice for your emotional body is gratitude. And we've talked about that in past episodes, but maybe just start noticing every day something that is beautiful or something that sounds amazing or incredible, something that smells just so yummy Notice a beautiful feeling and then start looking for what is good right around you and really just dedicate yourself to the practice of appreciation. 
I think if we just did that one thing out of everything we talked about today, that would make a profound difference in everyone's level of happiness. Yeah, absolutely. So the last thing is look at your physical body. What can I do in the realm of my physical body? And of course, there's so many different ideas out there. Working out, of course, gets the endorphins going. Getting hugs from people you love boosts the oxytocin. The food that you eat, the supplements that you take, going out in the sun, getting some vitamin C vitamin D. And I would add to that list, you know, having sex more because that can definitely help you to also start to tap into happiness in your relationship. So lots of things we can do physically. So these are just a few ideas in each category, and it is certainly not an exhaustive list, Mm -mm. but it's more than enough to kind of get your, get the motor turning and get your wheel spinning. And honestly, this is meant to be just an invitation for you to go through each category and ask yourself like, What is the one thing that I can do consistently in each of these four areas to increase my happiness? All the ideas we've shared here are just ways to increase your capacity to feel happiness, regardless of what your partner is actually doing. Okay. So I almost forgot to tell you the rest of that story from when I was in Guatemala. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So when I asked the 80-year-old Guatemalan grandmother sitting there in her house with the chickens walking in the dirt floor and all of that. Like, what brings you joy? She looked at like, what a dumb question. She just looked incredulous. And then through the translator, she said, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't feel joy in my heart. Oh, I remember when you told me this story. Yeah. So my question is, what did you learn from that? Oh, gosh, so many things. Like, it has just stuck with me almost as though I'm still there living that moment right now. And I think... I just felt, how have I been missing out on so much gratitude in my own life? How have I missed opportunities to see, have, to have joy from the little things? I felt ungrateful. I felt like I wanted to go back home and be a happier version of myself because it's not about circumstances. Yeah. Nope. She had nothing and she was happier than me. So it's not about having things. No. Yeah. No. It's about where your perspective lies. It's just about what she said. You can feel joy in your heart. Yeah. And that's anyone amazing. can. Yeah. Well, you guys, that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to grab Charlotte's meditation in the show notes. And once again, we're so very grateful for each and every one of you. And we ask that you continue to support the show. You know, the algorithm depends on your ratings and comments. For us to make a bigger impact, we really need your continued support. So if you haven't, would you please just consider showing a little love, leave us a five-star review and and a comment. We love hearing your comments. And more importantly than that, if there's someone in your life that needs help with their relationship and you feel like listening to our podcast would would help them, would you share it? That That's probably my favorite thing to hear when yeah. people comment and they say like a friend of mine shared with me or your my podcast. Yeah. sent it to me. And yeah. I love, and I love that. We love that because we just want to help. We want to help people's relationships. As always, be kind to each other this week. Take care of each other. Remember, it's the small things done often that create the biggest impact. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.